it's another one. Uh, Portal Edition addressing the secondary. Let's talk about the newest Wisconsin Badger. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for making this one of your first listens every single day. Uh, today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-C-Medical.com. And let's play it because we got cannons to fire. Fire the recruiting cannons. Another one is headed to Madison on Wisconsin. Reload that cannon. All right. Fire uh, the recruiting oh, cannon. I'm looping that. Let's stop looping. Okay. Let's talk about it. Um, RJ Delancey the third, uh, Toledo cornerback commits. A couple things that are interesting here. They have a mold, right? Uh, whether it always works or it doesn't work, and nothing ever always works in recruiting. Certainly Luke Fickle is not an exception to that. This staff is not an exception to that because no staffs are an exception to that. But they absolutely have a mold, right? Delancey coming in at six foot, 180 pounds. So again, one of those cornerbacks that just has a little more size to him than we've traditionally gotten. Six foot, 180 pounds, originally out of Miami, Florida. Um, played in a really good high school down there, was a three-star recruit, originally committed to Nebraska, was at Nebraska for one season. Uh, he's coming in with one year of eligibility. That's been reported in a couple places, although the Toledo newspaper said he has two, so that's interesting to me. Um, I know a couple of Wisconsin sites, uh, Rivals, has said one, so I definitely want to give credit there to John McNamara and all the great work that they do. Um, but again, I saw on the Toledo side that they said he has two left, so uh, I'm going to Double check on that, but he's coming in with either two or one years of eligibility. A guy who's played quite a bit of football. Um, again, bigger cornerback at six foot one eighty. Played a lot of slot last year. Kind of split his reps between slot. Uh, played nickel. Played a ton of football. Toledo for their conference had a great secondary, and he was he fit in well there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the quotes we have from his coach and another coach that played against him. This is from the Blade. He said, uh, this is from the Blade, which is a newspaper. He's been highly productive in his time on the field, whether it's been playing nickel, playing corner, or playing in the kicking game. That's from Toledo coach Jason Crandell in October. He's a problem covering kicks. You have to account for that guy. Very football savvy, has a knack for finding the football and being around the ball. He's critically important for us. So a couple things here. I want to go to the first one. Again, playing nickel, playing corner, playing in the kicking game. So it sounds like a versatile player, right? Somebody who can play nickel, who can play outside boundary corner, has a size certainly to play boundary. I mean, if he's playing kind of that nickel slot corner at six foot 180, there's probably really good foot speed, agility there, good change of direction. Usually those cornerbacks are a little smaller because you have to be quicker on those choice routes that receivers have coming out of the slot. So that's encouraging. Um, I read in a couple places, there's this quote here playing in the kicking game. Again, he's a problem covering kicks. I read that somewhere else that he's a special teams ace, somebody who is really, really good on coverage units, kick coverage units. Um, that's always a plus. Listen, that's, that's not something to just gloss over. If you can get better in that aspect of the game as well, it sounds like, um, Delancey, Delancey, Delancey or Delancey. I think it's probably Delancey. It sounds like Delancey is a guy who excels on special teams can play inside, outside, gives your secondary some versatility. This might be more of a depth pickup, but this could also be if you start looking at who's leading the team, 
you start looking at what he played last year. This could be the Matry uh, replacement, Jason Matry, the slot corner that we brought from Boston College. This was his last year. Um, this could be the replacement for him. He could be the inside guy kind of playing that slot corner position. This is from a, a coach at Miami, Ohio, who played Toledo. Their third corner to Lancey. I'm voting all league. Uh, Chuck, uh, Miami, Ohio coach Chuck Martin said in November, there are only 12 guys you can nominate. Toledo has way more than 12 all league players. Uh, I'd vote for their first corner, their second corner, and their third corner. That's Delancey. He wasn't even on the ballot, but he plays nickel. He plays dime. He plays a ton. So this is from a fellow coach in that conference. Very high praise, again, for Delancey. Um, somebody that – and he mentions it. He plays inside. He plays outside. He plays nickel. He plays dime. Again, so from his coach and a coach that played against him, both talking about the versatility that Delancey brings to the game. I think that's – important to note and file away like this could be a guy that you see in multiple spots on the Badgers defense depending on how spring shakes out depending on how some of the younger players coming in how they shake out um I want to talk about that next talk a little bit about what this cornerback depth chart looks like so the cornerback room right you have Rico Holman Ricardo Holman coming back he's obviously solidified a slot seven picks last year again and he's he's so interesting to me right because kind of an unheralded recruit the type of recruit that this staff would never go after, right? No shade to Rico, no shade, but they're not they're not recruiting five, 10 guys, right? All their, you look at who Luke Fickle brings in outside of an Emilio Agard. Um, they hung on to Jace Arnold, who was originally a Paul Christ recruit, but everybody else they bring in is six foot, five eleven, six foot one, six foot two. They're all bigger, more physical corners, uh, really in the portal and in recruiting. So Rico He's just interesting because he's not a fickle type of a guy, but he's the best corner on this team. Like, he's a stud, right? He had seven picks last year. That that pick in that LSU game, I still, like, think about it. Like, gosh, what a what a jump on that ball. What what awareness, what hands, what anticipation. Uh, Rico's a stud. Absolute stud. So, but he's got one spot. And then what do you do? This is where it gets super interesting for the Badgers going into next year because now you have this – glut of young talent some of it's been here for one year some of it's coming in this offseason some of it's coming in early right you have a bunch of young talented corners are any of those players ready to really step up and seize that role so at in the slot you got a guy like Delancey who's committing uh who's committed but you also have Jace Arnold you have Emilio Agard is that kind of the battle for that slot position I think Delancey's probably going to play there but Agard can push for that role Jace Arnold I think is still a really interesting sleeper in this cornerback room that doesn't get talked about a lot because he is incredibly fast. That's one of the fastest players on the team. Is he going to be able to refine everything else to get on the field? And if he does, he's an interesting weapon because he's like a four, three, eight guy. Like he's kind of a sub four, four guy. And there's just not many of those dudes on the planet. Um, and then you look at that other boundary corner and what a battle that's going to be Badger fans. You have uh Niger Forkren coming back. You have Michael Mack, the air force transfer that, couldn't get his waiver approved last year. He's going to be in that battle. Can Amari Snowden step up? Can he be, excuse me, that boundary guy, Xavier Lucas, can he play early? Um, I definitely think he has the size and speed to do it. What about uh, Justin Taylor, uh, uh, Paul Chris recruit that this the fickle staff held on to? He's got a lot of versatility. He might be more of a safety. And then you still have a guy like uh, AJ Tisdell, uh, Jonas Takluna. Uh, it's a, going to be one of the most interesting battles to watch next year because there's been a ton of change, right? You look at the positions that this staff has really remade. Defensive back is 
I mean, they've cycled through so many bodies there. So many have transferred out in the year and a half that Fluke has been here. They've brought in so many in the last two cycles. That cornerback battle is going to be really interesting. And you're bringing in RJ Delancey. And again, he's he's an upperclassman. He's not coming here to stand on the bench. Delancey's going to play. Um, maybe down the road as the season progresses, a younger player steps up and takes some of his minutes. But he's coming into play. And I bet you he's coming into play that nickel spot. The other boundary spot's going to be a massive battle. So you're going to have Rico, Delancey. And then let let the cream rise to the top, right? Uh, I'm I'm really excited about this group of, of defensive backs that they have on campus, that they have in the, the system in the pipeline. Now they got to develop, though, right? We were really excited at one point in time about the, all those offensive linemen, all those four and five star offensive linemen, and they didn't really develop. So now these players need to develop. But I'm excited about it, and this is another interesting piece to add into that group. Um, now we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and, and kind of. Take zoom out a little bit, look at the transfer portal additions um, and compare it to what I thought the needs were coming into the offseason. How have we done? Where are we still missing? It's not just defensive line, by the way, that I think we're still missing a little bit on. So we're going to do that next on Lockdown Badgers, kind of just review what I thought we needed with where we are now. But first, let's talk about our good friends of the show over at Jace. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Over at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is, it gives you, what it does is it gives you the ability to uh, protect your family, to empower yourself to protect your family. And uh, that's something that is, as a father is really important to me. I once tried to build a a rain collection system that would hold like 20,000 gallons. I was like building into the side of a hill and it was coming from rain runoff and this thing I built. And my wife came home and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's a rain collection tank. It'll hold 20,000 gallons. She's like, stop, just, just stop. We're fine. Can you turn that into a garden shed? Which I did. Um, but my point is, like, you want to protect your family. That's what Jace Medical does. Uh, five life-saving antibiotics. In a Jace case, I have mine in the cupboard. And you have it in case you can't get to the pharmacy. They treat over 50 infections. Um, you have pharmacy support, pharmacy guidance from licensed people, licensed doctors. And you save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off using our code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, $360 off. J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. Protect your family. Okay, let's keep going. Let's let's talk about the portal here. This is something that I, I've been thinking about a, a little bit. And in the back of my head, I was like, I came into this offseason with kind of a shopping list, right? I've used the analogy that the portal is kind of like a grocery store. I've used that before. And you have a shopping list and you go in. And you might not find everything you need there, but in the meantime, you're kind of walking through aisles. If you're like me in a grocery store, I'm a disaster, right? Because I come home, but the wife sends me out for salad, maybe get a ham, maybe get some turkey, right? Get some good stuff for the kids. I'll plan on meals this weekend. I come home, I got like Oreos, Cheez-Its. I got that meat and cheese platter that they have in the deli section. Um, it's really not very good, but it's super simple. I come home with some Go-Gurts, uh, definitely some seltzer. Anyway. My point is the portal isn't as easy as just going out and getting the spots you need. You also just have to find value. And if you get better, one of the things um, a couple of people have said several times when I bemoan the amount of linebackers and say, well, we need a defense lineman. The point is still, if you can get better, you get better no matter where. Um, I think that's fair. You build depth. So what were my big needs coming into the offseason? Uh, in the portal, I said, you got to get a quarterback. Okay, check. You got the quarterback. Um, time will tell if it's the right one. Right. I think you can make an argument, though, that they got a guy that they wanted, that they're excited about. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke comes in. So you got the quarterback. I didn't think they needed a running back. 
That's just me. They went out and got Tyree Walker out of Oklahoma. So check, you built depth there. And I'm fine with that, right? I, I didn't think it was a need, but I can definitely see the, the logic behind it. Braylon Allen's gone. Ches Malusi hasn't been able to make it through a season uninjured. And the, really, you're hoping to get big minutes from freshmen, and that's always a little risky. So I, I get that one. They got a running back. I thought they absolutely needed a tight end. They hit a home run there. Jackson McGowan is a, a potentially a huge weapon in this offense for Luke, or Phil Longo. I think that was a home run addition. So check. Um, now we get into some spots where I'm like, eh, I, I thought we – I still think we kind of need some offensive line depth, some proven inside uh, center guard. You know, Fertney moves on. Uh, Bordellini moves on. Jake Renfro has had major health injuries and or major, major health concerns. Certainly he played one game, that bowl game the year prior to this one, he missed the entire year. I still think that's a need on this team. I think there is um, absolutely a spot where you can go get a veteran interior offensive lineman, plug him in. Even if he's a sixth guy, the seventh guy, you want somebody who you feel good about. You want somebody who if Renfro gets hurt and if he can't play next year, you want somebody who you feel good about snapping the ball. And maybe that's James Durand. He's on the roster. He was recruited as that. But maybe it's not, right? And we saw this year what it feels like not to have a center. Not, I, I don't mean to say that because that, that sounds too harsh and borderline, but the snaps were a problem. They were, if we're just being honest. I don't want that to happen again. So I still think there's a need there on the interior of the offensive line. Listen, defensive line... I'm not even going to say it again. Like I've said it again and again and again. I think you need two bodies there. I I just do. I, I think you need two bodies there to be competitive enough in the front seven to look at next year's schedule and say, okay, we, we can compete with those four or five really tough games. If you don't get some bodies there, if you don't get some portal additions, I, I like pieces on the defense line. I don't think that there's no talent there. I just don't think there's enough depth there, and I don't think there's enough proven pieces. I've talked about that. I, I really like Ernest Willer. I like Dylan Johnson a lot. Those cats are freshmen. Like it, it, it's asking a lot for them to step in and play more than 15 or 20 snaps. And then who who in the, among the upperclassmen do you feel like if – here's the thing. Look at all of our defense alignment. And, again, I'm not trying to be overly harsh. There are, is talent there, but which one of them do you feel really confident will get drafted? I mean, think about it. Uh, and that's not to say none of them will. That's not to say none of them can't make a jump. But the really good teams – you, if you ask that of their fan base, they would instantly say, well, I think he could and he could and he could. I'm not sure if there's a guy right now as a Badger fan you're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm really positive he's going to get drafted. That's a problem. That's why you have to keep getting talent there. Um, I thought they needed some help at linebacker. They definitely checked that box and checked it and checked it and checked it and checked it again. They got five linebackers, right? Um and I think I think they they pulled in really athletic, potentially difference making guys there. They they crushed that in the portal. Absolutely, they brought in edge and inside. They brought in youth. They brought in experience. They brought in a myriad of of talent, experience, versatility, athleticism, different skill sets, different sizes. I think my favorite in that group is still. I know people love the Thomas pickup because of his experience, Pius because of the athleticism. Um, Galvin because of the athleticism and coverage ability, Sebastian Cheeks because of what he showed in high school and the recruiting rank. I, my favorite is still Leon Lowry, the first one. Leon Lowry is the guy to me who's going to be able to come off the edge. Uh, I thought his film showed explosion, violent uh, ability in space. I, I think he is my favorite of that group. I like his ability to get just rush off the edge. He's got a big frame. I think there's ability there. Uh, I think he's still my favorite. 
But yeah, they definitely checked that box. And then I thought they needed some help at and at cornerback. Um and what are we talking about today? RJ Delancey. So I, I think you could get more there, but I think they're probably fine at quarterback. We talked about the 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 young bodies, the depth at that position. So it just comes back down to where do I still think they could use some help? To me, it's receiver. Uh, that was a spot I thought they needed help. They've started to address it, right? They they got Tyrell Henry, uh, the Michigan State transfer coming in, but they're not quite there yet. And he he's kind of the type of guy that I think he adds to the room. I don't know if he addresses the biggest need in the room, which is, again, that bigger bodied receiver who can run. Now, those guys are really hard to find, just like defense alignment are really hard to find, but it is what it is, right? Those are spots that are needed. Now, if you told me um, we're going to go into the next season, Tyrell Henry is going to be the one receiver we get, I'm fine. Like, I, I think there is internal talent at the receiver spot. I thought we saw some of it start to blossom against LSU. I think there's bodies there. I like Henry. I think we can be fine there. If you tell me we don't get a defense alignment, I think it's an issue. I, I just, unless, I, I just think it's an issue. Unless somebody internally has made massive gains, which happens, like that's not impossible. But I, that's the one spot where they still have to find a way. And it doesn't have to be a star. Like obviously, ideally you go get a star. Texas A&M added Rodas Johnson, right? That's a depth piece for them. But that's not a bad thing. You need that's kind of what I'm saying is you need waves of defense linemen. You need depth pieces too. If you can just go out and add a couple guys that you feel comfortable slotting into the rotation, right? We feel really good about this guy coming in and playing first and second down against an Iowa and holding up, not getting blown off the ball, adding snaps, adding um minutes and reps that other guys don't need. Like if you get that guy, then Ernest Willard Jr. could just be a pass rushing guy. And then his snaps are more utilized, more maximized. So Got to get some defense linemen. But overall, they've done a really good job, right? Quarter, quarterback address, cornerback, linebacker, tight end, receiver to some degree. They've done a really good job in the portal overall. It's just that the most – the biggest need is the one they haven't been able to address yet, and that's defense line, right? So I hope it's still there. I hope that fish is still out there. They're reeling them in. Um, I know that they're, they're kicking the tires on a couple guys. So, yeah, I think overall great job. Let's get that defense alignment. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Come back with a few of your comments to wrap up this show. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. I talk about FanDuel a lot because they are the best place for all of your betting needs. Futures, parlays, teasers, spreads, all different sports, all types of bet combinations. It's all there, and it's easy to use. Right, The last thing anybody wants is to, to go into a website and not be able to figure out how to use it, not be able to figure out how to get your payouts. FanDuel has none of that. New customers, you you lay down a $5 bet and you get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $150 if you win or lose in bonus bets. NFL playoffs are coming up. Basketball's midseason. College football just wrapped up, but college basketball's here. So there's a ton of different options to bet on, on the simplest, the easiest, and the fastest to use sports book out there. It's why we use it. It's why we recommend it. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. It is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And it is for a reason. Again, if you want to ride with me on the Niners to the Super Bowl on FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, it is a great time to do it. Okay, let's finish up here. I got some comments from the last show and some some interesting ones I wanted to throw up here because we talked a lot of basketball. We talked a lot of John Blackwell Jr. Um, and I want to get into this one from Will Hanna. He said, Blackwell has been a really good player, but star may be a bit of a reach. As a freshman, though, better than I could have imagined, he has been like a very good upperclassman. I thought this comment was really interesting because I is there a star 
in John Blackwell Jr. Or is he just a really advanced freshman who's closer to his ceiling because there's not a lot of physical development left? I definitely want everybody's take on this one. I think it's super interesting because this comment reminds me of probably something we would have said about Brad Davidson when he came in. All right. Davidson has been a really good player, but star maybe a bit of a reach as a freshman, though, better than I could have imagined. He has been like a very good upperclassman. Is Blackwell like that? Like, because I don't think there's a ton of physical development left with him. Like, I, I don't think he's going to get a ton bigger. He's already physically developed as a freshman. Maybe there's a growth spurt there. People do grow in college. Sam Decker did. Other people did. Um, some people grow the wrong way in college, but we're, we're not talking about that. Like, if there's a growth spurt there, certainly the ceiling changes. But let's say there's not. Let's say this is who he is physically. Can he get a little more explosive? Absolutely. You know, in the strength and conditioning program in college, you'll get a little faster. you get a little more explosive. But he's never – I don't think he's ever going to be a jump-out-of-the-gym athlete. So is there a star here? Do we see the underlying skills that can make him into a star? I think – I don't think it's as simple a road as a lot of people think. Like, I, I, I continue to think people – or hear people say, man, he might be gone in a year to the NBA. I think there's a lot of development that needs to happen for him to reach that level. Um, I, he has, he checks a lot of the boxes that players don't from an IQ standpoint, from an effort standpoint. He needs to get a lot better with the ball. Like He needs to be able to string moves together um, several times this year. If he doesn't beat somebody with that first step and they wall him off, he doesn't have a counter. Right, you need some type of whether it's a step back mid-range or you, you go behind the back then and cross into the other hand and get on his hip. There needs to be a bit of a counter there. That's something he has to work on. I think the shooting will translate. I think the defense will mostly translate. It's going to come down to, in my opinion, how how much he improves as a ball handler, a playmaker, um, as, a, as an isolation scorer. And if he can do those things, I think he has star potential because he he's going to be a good defender, a good shooter. If he can create his own shot a little bit better as teams focus more on him, I think there's a star in there. But it's, it's an interesting question. I'm definitely curious where everybody's at on it because sometimes players come in just more physically developed, really smart players as freshmen, and they don't necessarily de- develop a lot past that point. They just become a really good college player. Not, not all development is, is linear, right? There's, there's, different, there's different milestones and paces for everybody. I love this one because this is a, my own, from my own heart. The national championship game is playing today. Uh, but he says Harbaugh and Michigan should have been banned from all championships for five years. No scholarships for five years. Yes, let's go. I, I, uh, I, I am so annoyed that that program is playing for a national title after what they did the last couple of years. This is from uh, Gabe. He said, can you still see the comments I posted predicting Kamari and AJ before the season? They're probably extremely accurate. Yeah, Gabe had some really good basketball takes talking about Kamari and AJ. Um, so I definitely wanted to throw that up there, acknowledge it, give you your flowers. Yeah, take a victory lap, man. I, you 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 were right on top of some of this. This is from Lord Croy. Love the show, Ryan. I absolutely love Blackwell. And even though it would be great for him and his family to get to the NBA, I selfishly want him to spend three to four years with us. I want to throw this up there, too, because i talked many times about what's the sweet spot for Wisconsin. And to me, Gus, Gus Yaldin fit into this, even though it hasn't worked out this year. But he fit into this. Um, Chucky Hepburn fits into this. Right, the sweet spot for Wisconsin: Tyler Wall, Ethan Happ. All these guys fit into this. Is players that are really good, but not freaky enough to go to the NBA. So that's to me is the sweet spot of Wisconsin basketball. Like a guy like Chucky Eppern is going to spend his whole career in Wisconsin. He's a re- he's a great college player. He is a great college player, but he doesn't have the NBA measurables. Ethan Happ would have gone pro if he had a jump shot. 
Badger fans kept saying, man, I wish he could develop a jump shot. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know. Because if he does, he leaves. You know, um, Black Blackwell could be, and this ties into the previous thing we just talked about, he could be that type of player who just spends three to four years in Madison being a great college player because for whatever reason, and the reason would be uh, probably athleticism, ball handling, those type of, type of things, he doesn't pique the NBA's interest enough. You know, there's a lot of play- Tyler Wall. If he could shoot better, he'd be gone. But he hasn't shot well enough, so you get an extra year of him in Madison. And it's kind of a win for the Badgers, even though you're putting up with some developmental deficiencies that do hurt you in moments, right? It's kind of a, a paradox there where you almost don't want your players to develop perfectly because if you they do, they leave. And it's almost better to get a 90% version of what their ultimate ceiling could be, but have that version for four to five years, but it's them to hit 100% of what they could be in two years and then they're gone, right? Like it would be nice to have Johnny Davis for another year. I'm also, obviously, it's nice to see them go to the NBA and you celebrate those successes. I, I root for all Badgers to get to those levels because that does help the program in recruiting, exposure, and it's just great for them individually. But you can make an argument that them not developing to their ultimate ceiling in some ways is beneficial to Wisconsin because you get that player for a few more years. It's certainly possible Blackwell could be like that. Uh, Davidson was like that. There's been a lot of players. That's been the sweet spot for Wisconsin basketball. Um, so I think that's an interesting thought in your head as you think about hoping these players develop maximally. Maximally is not a word, Ryan, but it does mean that you potentially lose them early. And I think that's an interesting part here. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in as always. You guys are incredible. Guys and gals are incredible. Thank you so, so much. A lot of content coming up this week. Uh, we'll just keep chopping it up and on Wisconsin.